Chapter Seven, Part One of Damien by Herman Hesse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Seven, Mother Eve, Part One. In the holidays, I went once to the house in which years before Max Damien and his mother had lived. An old lady was walking in the garden. I entered into conversation and learned that the house belonged to her. I inquired after the Damians. She remembered them very well, but she did not know where they were living at that moment. As she felt my interest, she took me into the house, searched through a leather album, and showed me a photograph of Damian's mother. I scarcely had any recollections of what she was like, but when I saw the little picture, my heart stood still. It was my dream picture there it was the tall almost masculine woman's figure resembling her son with traits of motherliness traits which denoted severity and deep passion beautiful and alluring beautiful and unapproachable demon and mother destiny and mistress that was she i was filled with a wild wonder when i learned that my dream picture lived on earth there was a woman then who looked like that who bore my fate in her features where was she where and she was damien's mother i started on my travels soon after a strange journey i went restlessly from place to place as impulse directed always in search of this woman there were days when i met shapes which reminded me of her and which resembled her these shapes led me on through the streets of strange towns into railway stations into trains as in a tangled dream there were other days when i saw how useless my search was then i sat inactive anywhere in a park or the garden of a hotel in a waiting-room i looked into myself and tried to make the picture live in me but it was now shy and elusive i could not sleep i only nodded for a quarter of an hour or so on railway journeys through country unknown to me once in zurich a woman followed me a pretty rather forward woman i scarcely noticed her and went on as if she were air i would rather have died at once than have shown sympathy for another woman even if only for an hour i felt that my destiny was leading me on i felt that fulfilment was nigh I was mad with impatience to think that I could do nothing to help myself. Once at a station, I think it was at Innsbruck, I saw at the window of a train which was just moving out a form which reminded me of her, and I was miserable for days. And suddenly the form appeared again to me at night in a dream. I woke up with a feeling as of shame, realizing the fruitlessness and senselessness of my chase, and I went home by the most direct route. A couple of weeks later, I matriculated in the University of H. Everything disappointed me. The course of lectures I followed on the history of philosophy was just as vain and mechanical as the common ground of student life. Everything was so much according to pattern, one person did as the other, and the boyish faces, although inflamed with a forced gaiety, looked so distressingly vacant. It was like the gloss of a ready-made article but i was free i had the whole day to myself and lived quietly in a beautiful old building outside the town 
i had a couple of volumes of nietzsche on my table i lived with him feeling the loneliness of his soul sensing his destiny which impelled him onwards unceasingly i suffered with him and was happy that there had been one who had gone his way so inflexibly late one evening i wandered through the town an autumn wind was blowing and i heard the student societies singing in their taverns tobacco smoke rose in clouds through the open windows songs were being roared out loudly and tensely but the noise did not soar up it fell dully on the ear it was lifelessly uniform i stood at a street corner and listened from two cafes the flood of song rolled forth into the night everywhere community everywhere this huddling together everywhere this unloading of the burden of destiny this flight into the warm proximity of the herd two men passed me by slowly i caught a phrase of their conversation isn't it just like an assembly of youths in a nigger village said one they all do the same things even tattooing is in fashion look that's the young europe the voice rang suggestively in my ear i followed behind the two in the dark street one of them was a japanese small and elegant i saw his yellow smiling face shine under the lamp the other spoke again well i don't suppose it's any better with you in japan people who do not follow the herd are everywhere rare there are a few here too every word went through me i felt pleasure and dread i recognized the speaker it was damien in the windy night i followed him and the japanese through the dark streets listening to their conversation and enjoying the ring of damien's voice it had the old tone the old beautiful sureness and tranquillity and it had the same power over me now everything was right i had found him at the end of a street in the suburbs the japanese took leave and closed a house door behind him damien took the way back i had remained standing and awaited him in the middle of the street with beating heart i saw him approaching erect and walking with an elastic step he wore a brown raincoat and carried a thin stick hanging from his arm he advanced without altering his regular stride until he got right up to me he took off his hat displaying his old bright face with the determined mouth and the peculiar brightness on the broad forehead damien i called he stretched out his hand to me so it's you then sinclair i expected you did you know i was here i didn't know for certain but i hoped it might be true i saw you first this evening you have been behind us the whole time you recognize me then at once of course you're very much changed to be sure but you have the sign we used to call it the mark of cain if you recollect it is our sign you have always had it for that reason i became your friend but now it is clearer i did not know or rather i did i once painted a picture of you damien and was astonished that it was also like me was that the sign that was it it's fine that you are here now my mother will be glad as well i started your mother is she here she doesn't know me a bit oh she knows of you she will know without even my asking her who you are 
you haven't let me hear from you for a long time oh i often wanted to write but nothing came of it for some time past i have felt that i should find you i was waiting for it every day he pushed his arm through mine and we went on tranquillity seemed to emanate from him and pass on to me we were soon chatting together as formerly we mentioned our school days the confirmation class and that unlucky meeting of ours in the holidays only no mention was made of the earliest and closest bond between us of the affair with frank cromer unexpectedly we found ourselves in the middle of a singular and ominous conversation having recalled damien's discourse with the japanese we spoke of student life in general and from that we had branched off to something else which seemed to be rather out of the way of the former trend of our talk nevertheless from damien's manner of introducing the subject there seemed to be no lack of coherence in our conversation he spoke of the spirit of europe and of modern tendencies everywhere he said reigned a desire to come together to form herds but nowhere was freedom or love all this life in common from the student clubs and choral societies to the state was an unnatural forced phenomenon the community owed its origin to a sense of fear of embarrassment to a desire for flight inwardly it was rotten and old and approaching a general break-up community damien said is a beautiful thing but what we see blossoming everywhere is by no means that it will arise anew from the mutual understanding of individuals and after a time the world will be remodeled what is now called community is merely a formation of herds mankind seeks refuge together because men have fear of one another the masters combine for their own ends the workmen for theirs and the intellectuals for theirs and why are they afraid one is only afraid when one is not at one with oneself. They are afraid because they have never had the courage to be themselves. A community of men who are afraid of the unknown in themselves. They all feel that the laws of their life no longer hold good, that they are living according to outworn commandments. Neither their religion nor their morals conform to our needs. For a hundred years and more, Europe has simply studied and built factories. They know exactly how many grams of powder it takes to kill a man, but they do not know how to pray to God. They have no idea how to amuse themselves, even for an hour. Look at these students drinking in their taverns, or take any place of amusement where rich people go. Hopeless. My dear Sinclair, no cheerfulness, no serenity can come of all that these creatures who move about so uneasily in crowds are full of fear and full of wickedness no one trusts the other they adhere to ideals which have ceased to exist and they stone every one who proposes a new one i feel that there are troubles ahead of us they will come believe me they will come soon of course the world won't be bettered whether the workmen kill the manufacturers or whether the russians and germans shoot at one another it will only be a change of proprietors but it will not be in vain it will free the world from chains of present-day ideals there will be a clearing away of stone age gods the world as it is now wants to die it wants to perish and it will 
"'And what will happen to us then?' I asked. "'To us? Oh, perhaps we shall perish as well. "'They can also murder people in our position, "'only we shall not be entirely wiped out. "'The will of the future will realize itself "'from what remains of our influence, "'or with the aid of those of us who survive. "'The will of humanity will make itself felt, "'which our Europe has for a long time past "'tried to drown in its sail-yard "'of scientifically manufactured articles.' and then it will be seen that there is nothing in common between the will of humanity and that of our present-day communities of the states and peoples of the societies and churches but what nature wills with man is written in the individual few in you and in me it is found in jesus in nietzsche for these the only important currents of thought which naturally can alter their course each day there will be place when the present-day communities break up together it was late when we made a halt before a garden by the river we live here said damien come and see us soon we shall expect you i cheerfully wended my long way home through the night which had become cold here and there brawling students were lurching through the town i had often felt sometimes with a feeling of privation sometimes with scorn the contrast between their curious sort of gaiety and my lonely life but now, tranquil and strong in a sense of secret power, I felt as never before how little that affected me, how far removed was their world from mine. I reminded myself of officials of my native town, worthy old gentlemen, who clung to memories of the semesters they had passed in drinking as they would to memories of a blissful paradise, and who practiced a cult, calling up reminiscences of the vanished freedom of their university life, with all the seriousness which some poet or other romantic would devote to an account of his childhood everywhere the same everywhere they sought liberty and happiness behind them in the past for fear of being reminded of their own responsibility of being warned they were not striking out for themselves but merely going the way of all the world two or three years passed in drinking and jollification and then they crept under the common shelter and became serious gentlemen in the service of the state yes it was rotten our whole system was rotten and these student sillinesses were less stupid and not so bad as a hundred others however when i reached my distant dwelling and went to bed all these thoughts had flown Everything else was in suspense as I looked forward to the fulfillment of the promise made to me that day. As soon as I wished, in the morning if I liked, I could see Damien's mother. Let the students hold their drinking bouts and tattoo their faces. Let the world be rotten and on the brink of ruin. What had that to do with me? I was waiting for one single thing, that my fate might meet me in a new picture. I woke up late in the morning from a deep sleep. The day broke for me as a solemn festal day, such as I had not experienced since the Christmas celebrations of my boyhood. I was full of a deep unrest, yet entirely without fear. I felt that an important day had broken for me. I saw and felt the world around me changed. It was full of secret portent, expectant and solemn. Even the gently falling autumn rain was beautiful, full of the quiet, glad, serious music of a festal day. For the first time, the outer world was in tune with my inner world. 
then it is a feast day for the soul then living is worth while no house no shop window no face in the street disturbed me everything was as it had to be but did not wear the empty features of every day and of the habitual it was like expectant nature standing full of awe to meet its fate thus as a little boy i used to see the world on the morning of a great feast day at christmas or at easter i had not known that this world could still be so beautiful i had been accustomed to living shut up in myself and to content myself with the idea that my understanding of the outside world had been lost that the loss of glistening colours was inevitably connected with the loss of childish vision so the hour came when i found again that garden in the suburbs at the gate of which i had taken leave of max damien the night before concealed behind trees in a grey mist of rain stood a little house bright and homely tall flowers stood behind a big glass partition and behind shining windows were dark room walls with pictures and bookcases the front door led immediately into a little hall and a silent old servant black with white apron showed me in and took my raincoat from me she left me alone in the hall i looked about me i looked round and immediately i was in the middle of my dream on the dark wood wall above the door under glass and in a black frame hung a picture i knew well my bird with the golden yellow hawk's crest forcing its way out of the sphere much moved i remained standing my heart felt glad and sorry as if in that moment everything i had done and had experienced came back to me as answer and fulfilment like a lightning flash a crowd of pictures passed through my soul my home the house of my father with the old stone crest over the arch of the door the boy damien drawing the crest myself as a boy fearsome under the evil spell of my enemy cromer myself as a youth at the table in my little room at school painting the bird of my dream the soul caught in a web of its own weaving and everything everything up to this moment found echo in me again and was confined answered approved with misty eyes i stared at my picture and read in the book of my soul my glance dropped in the open door under the picture of the bird stood a tall lady in a dark dress it was she i could not utter a word the beautiful woman smiled at me in a friendly way beneath features like her son's timeless and without age full of an animated will her look was fulfillment her greeting meant homecoming in silence i stretched out my hands to her she seized both mine with her strong warm ones you are sinclair i knew you at once i am very glad to see you her voice was deep and warm i drank it in like sweet wine and now i looked up in her tranquil face into the black eyes of unfathomable depth i looked at her fresh ripe mouth queenly forehead which bore the sign how glad i am i said to her and kissed her hands i believe i have been on my way all my life long but now i have come home she smiled in a motherly way 
one never comes home she said gently but where friendly roads converge the whole world looks for an hour like home she gave expression to what i myself had felt on my way to her her voice and her words were like those of her son and yet quite different everything was more mature warmer more assured but just as max in years past had made on no one the impression of being a mere boy so his mother did not look like the mother of a grown-up son so young and sweet was the breath of her face and hair so smooth her golden skin so blossoming her mouth more queenly still than in my dream she stood before me her presence was love's happiness her look was fulfilment this then was the new picture in which my fate displayed itself no longer severe no longer isolating but mature and full of promise i took no resolutions i made no vows i had attained an end i had reached a point of vantage on the way from which the further road displayed itself broad and lovely leading to lands of promise shaded by treetops of happiness near at hand cooled by gardens of delight come what might i was happy to know of this woman's existence in the world to drink in her voice to sense her presence whether she would be to me mother mistress goddess what mattered it as long as she was present as long as my way lay near to hers she indicated my picture of the hawk you have never given max more pleasure than by sending this bird she said musingly and i was pleased as well we expected you and when the picture arrived we knew that you were on the way to us when you were a little boy sinclair my son came one day from school and said there's a boy who has the sign on his forehead he must be my friend that was you you have not had an easy time of it but we had confidence in you once in the holidays when you were at home max met you again you were at that time about sixteen years old max told me i interrupted oh that he should have told you that it was the most miserable time i have had yes max said to me now sinclair has the hardest time before him he is making an attempt to escape to the community he has even taken to drinking with the others but he won't succeed in that his sign has become dulled but it shines secretly was that not the case oh yes it was exactly then i found beatrice and finally a guide came to me his name was pistorius for the first time it was clear to me why my boyhood was so bound up with max's why i could not break away from him dear lady dear mother at that time i often thought i should have to take my life is the way so hard for everyone she let her fingers stray through my hair as gently as if a light breeze were blowing it is always hard to be born you know it is not without effort that the bird comes out of the egg look back and ask yourself was the way then so hard only hard was it not beautiful as well could you have had one more beautiful more easy i shook my head it was hard i said as if in sleep it was hard until the dream came she nodded and looked at me penetratingly yes 
one must find one's dream then the way is easy but there is no dream which endures for always each sets a new one free to none should one wish to cleave i started was that already a warning was that already a warding off but no matter i was ready to let myself be led by her and not inquire after the end i do not know i said how long my dream is to last i wish it would last forever my fate received me under the picture of the bird like a mother and like a mistress to it i belong and to no one else as long as the dream is your fate so long must you remain true to it she said in earnest confirmation of my remark i was very sad and i wished ardently to die in this hour of enchantment i felt the tears for what an interminably long time i had not wept rise irresistibly and overmaster me i turned violently away from her i stepped to the window and looked out my eyes blinded with tears away over the flower-pots i heard her voice behind me it rang out calmly and yet was so full of tenderness like a cup filled to the brim with wine sinclair what a child you are of course your fate loves you one day it will belong to you entirely just as you dreamt it if you remain true to it i had composed myself and turned my face to her again she gave me her hand i have a few friends she said smiling very few very close friends who call me mother eve you may call me so as well if you like she led me to the door opened it and indicated the garden you will find max out there i think i stood under the tall trees stunned and stupefied i knew not whether i was more awake or more dreaming than ever softly the rain dripped from the branches i went slowly through the garden which stretched far along the river bank at last i found damien he stood in an open summer-house naked to the waist he was doing boxing exercises with a little sack of sand hung from a beam astonished i remained standing there damien looked magnificent his broad chest the firm manly head the uplifted arms were strong and sturdy the movements came from the hips the shoulders the joints of the arm as easily as if they bubbled out of a spring of strength damien i called what are you doing there he laughed gaily i am exercising i have promised to box with the little jap the fellow is as agile as a cat and naturally just as sly but he won't be able to manage me huh. i owe him just one little beating he drew on shirt and coat you've already seen mother he asked yes damien what a marvellous mother you have mother eve the name suits her perfectly she is like the mother of all being he gazed for an instant musingly in my face you know her name already you ought to be proud young friend you are the only one to whom she has said it in the first hour's acquaintance from this day on i went in and out of the house like a son and a brother but also like a lover when i closed the gate behind me even when i saw the tall trees of the garden emerge in the distance i was happy outside was reality outside were streets and houses 
human beings and institutions libraries and lecture rooms here inside were love and the life of the soul here was the kingdom of fairy stories and dreams and yet we lived by no means shut off from the world in thought and word we often lived in its midst only on another plane we were not separated from the majority of creatures by boundaries but rather by a different sort of vision our task was to be as it were an island in the world perhaps an example in any case to proclaim that it was possible to live a different sort of life i who had been isolated for so long learned to what extent community of feeling is possible between people who have experienced complete loneliness i no longer desired to be back at the tables of the happy at the feasts of the merry i no longer felt envious or homesick when i saw others living in community and slowly i was initiated into the mystery of those who bore the sign end of chapter seven part one mother eve